You are Locked On Browns, your podcast over the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, everybody, hope you enjoyed your weekend. For most of you, by the time you get to this, we will officially be in July, which means, you know, uh, obviously 24 days until players show up, 25 days until we start having practices, and then before you know it, exhibition games, and fingers crossed all goes well, and you roll on into week one as we roll on through what will be the rest of everybody's summer of 2019 uh appreciate everybody for you know obviously jumping on for your daily delivery of all things dog pound brought to you by hotels.com don't get upset don't get jealous about people's summer plans uh when you see them on social media go to hotels.com yourself get rewarded basically everywhere be there do that get rewarded with hotels.com uh pete smith and i you know you local experts on the biggest stories um about this time of year you get Pete, some talk, you know, about supplemental draft. There's plenty of years where kind of it really just goes by without a whisper or a mention. Um, that's not going to be the case, uh, obviously, this year. Um, and now this is a name. This is, I think, this was probably one of your first articles you put out over at Browns Maven. You know, when you started to put together, a, you know, an early 2020 Cleveland Browns mock draft. Um, safety Jalen Thompson out of Washington State University uh, will not be eligible for the 2019 NCAA season. Uh, they, uh, he decided to forego everything and put himself into the supplemental draft. Uh, Pete, uh, I know you want to get out and get running here with this because uh, this one fired you up a little bit. So uh, let's get going on talking about Mr. Jalen Thompson here. Well, I, for, first, I did get lucky enough to hit on – I had him as a projected fourth-rounder next year. But uh, the reporting on this, read what it actually says. It says he is, uh, being, he is essentially – being suspended the entire year for, unless the reporting gets updated, quote, purchasing an over-the-counter supplement, unquote. That is fascinating to me. He didn't test positive for something. He is being banned for purchasing it. It's like there's some weird-ass sting operation at his GNC or something. Like, that's bizarre like how does first and foremost how does this get to you know to the ncaa to anyone that he purchased it like is, is it on a credit card statement that somehow somebody has access somebody like, working to register a, a a washington alumni i mean <laughs> but like i i read that and i was just like what Look, it because it's not a positive test, so he didn't actually take anything. It's it's as if he was, you know, there was like an NCAA official like secretly behind the register, or like somebody stumbled onto insert product, which people are quick to point out is not a steroid, but they haven't clarified what it is. Like stumbled on in his like in his, uh, you know, his, his dorm or townhouse or whatever the hell he actually lives in. And they found this thing. Like, it's really sketchy how this thing is worded. And again, maybe the reporting updates, and there's actually something more nefarious on Thompson's end. Like, he was buying some weird-ass over-the-counter, like, you know, bull testosterone thing or something weird. But, like, the, just the way that is worded is very sketchy to me. Um Jalen Thompson's really interesting for a number of reasons, and I like him for 2020, but a big part of this was projecting him forward another year. He's listed at six foot, 190 pounds last year. He's relatively on the smaller side. Uh, he had uh, one season where he had, you know, very good uh, solo tackle market share, uh, his sophomore season. And then this past season, he had. Uh, his tackles weren't quite as high, but he had excellent market share in terms of pass deflections and interceptions. And you watch his tape and you see a guy who knows how to go find the football. Um, he was a freshman All-American. He's been an All-American of sorts the past two years. Uh, there's certainly an impressive resume there. Um, you know, I, I don't know what he's going to do athletic testing-wise, and I don't know how long this has sort of been, you know, coming down the pike that, you know, he's been either preparing for this or Perhaps this was sprung on him, and he hasn't been like. I'm sure he's been working out and stuff, but actually, you know, preparing for a combine-like thing. Uh, so his numbers may not be as good in terms of a, a workout. Uh, but 
and uh, that that becomes a question of what was he purchasing, and I'm wondering if it's something to try to help him gain some weight. But I was hoping he would stay another year uh, because he smaller side. The Browns are going to need safeties next year, and it sort of would have potentially worked out. And again, I, I had him as like a fourth round pick, and God only knows what where he would actually have ended up on that. That was just a guess, but. Um, as it is right now, you know, you're, you're saying the Browns potentially, you know, the, the supplemental draft works as you bid a pick. Um, and then if somebody is ahead of you in that particular round, uh, their bid of that same level pick is higher than yours, but it ultimately, you, you, you literally turn in a bid, uh, everybody at the same time and, and then, uh, you know, the highest one effectively wins. And, and ultimately, based on the information we have at this point, uh, I basically said the Browns shouldn't bid more than a sixth um, because they, they, you know, I, I, I do think their safety position is relatively weak, but, you know, they, they have a roster uh, and I don't know if they, you know, if they really like him, then maybe they'll, they'll put in a bid. But um, it, it seems really difficult to get, a guy like him in the mix, get him acclimated quickly enough so he th- can then compete for a roster spot. Uh, in that sense, it feels like he'd sort of be doomed before he started with some of the guys they have there. So my guess is the Browns won't bid uh, unless he gets unless nobody bids anything on him and he goes through and they you know try to bring him as a undrafted free agent at that point. But uh, I, my guess is he will end up somewhere on some sort of pick. It is not. I do do not anticipate that it's going to be like some super high pick. No, I, and well, the first things first with him is is how is you know, and obviously you know you brought up well, way way this is all worded. Um, you know maybe he was in you know I guess you want to say he purchased or was in possession of something that if he ended up putting into his body could have you know caused for a a failed test. So whether or not he failed the test, and maybe there's not been enough work done. You know, to get to that point, obviously we know regardless what it is, he is in the supplemental draft. Um, the listed six feet one ninety five causes you worry because we know how that translates. That could turn down to five foot ten and a half, one eighty five, real quick, and then you're talking about a really, really lightly ass safety. <clears throat> um, the activity, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, obviously he's played all three years. Uh, you know, I believe it's, I believe the the one year the past deflection high was seven. There was uh, I think six career total interceptions. I think combined tackle wise over three years he was in the 150 range. So you see great activity. Um, you know, you did bring up that point of you know maybe he was trying to bulk up going into his senior year. Look, there's just bodies that you know you hit a max and that's about it. And unless you find other avenues to it. Uh, you know, some bodies get maxed out at a certain point, and there's just not more weight you can really, really add, you know, as far as good weight. I mean, you can always find a way to add some sloppy weight, uh, but there is that. But, uh, you know, you like the player. But the thing is, is also where is he going to stand in regards to the league? And this is the thing that's tricky with the supplemental draft is the turnaround is so quickly, you know, you need answers. Is whatever that got him to the point where he's not going to get to play his uh, senior season in Pullman, is that the you know? Is there anything that's going to come with it along NFL wise? And if there is, then nobody is going to give up a draft choice for him. Not in a million years. Um, the Browns themselves, uh, you know, look, you know, and, and like you said, the one thing just you know, obviously it would be the lowest bid wins, obviously. So you know, and it has nothing to do with obviously what these picks are going to turn out to be. It's you know where they stand now. So it's basically you know, the Browns. You know, every pick will be, I guess, what was it, seventeen, right? So it'll the Browns will be saying, you know, uh, we'll you know sacrifice our seventeenth pick in the fifth round of the 2020 draft to get him. And if anybody gets lower, you know, you go that route. Um, is it a need? I, I, I'd say it, maybe, maybe it's a need. Um, you know, testing is something you're certainly going to want to have to. I mean, if, he, if this turns out, and we, we've done all of this and, you know, gave 10, 12 plus minutes, and the guy runs a 4-6-1, throw all this out the freaking window, and, it, you know, it, it was just, you know, a waste. Uh, if the athletic testing shows pretty well, you're getting a guy who is intelligent enough to play as a true freshman. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of accolades, you know, some good production numbers and, and was able to produce in three years in college football. Then maybe, you know, you have something. I, I think, Pete, the key is going to be here. A, is there any sort of levativity of, you know, uh, obviously a suspension and obviously the testing numbers are going to define whether or not anybody's going to sacrifice a draft choice for him. 
Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. I mean, the, the thing is, there are teams that could use him that, that could offer a pick. And, and obviously, if there's more to the story of this, the uh, how he ended up, you know, uh, you know, again, you're buying something that's over the counter, but it's just apparently possessing it is or whatever is enough to get this. I'm very fascinated to see how the, the, the reporting on this evolves. But um, look, he's a guy who has real talent. He's a guy who has NFL, you know, NFL talent, whether, you know, that's a, a rises to the level of being a, a, a uh, you know, more than a day, day three player would uh, based on another year college would have been interesting to see. But right now he's sort of uh, probably more along the lines of a late day three fringe, fringe draft, uh, player, but uh, at the same time, there there are a few teams like you know, like a team like the Raiders or somebody that might feel like they they want to go ahead and get uh, a jump start on you know adding more talent and and getting another player in the mix now as opposed to waiting a year that I could see you know put a bid in for him, but uh, and that's ultimately why I think the Browns will lose this, but uh, he. He's a talented player. It's it's unfortunate because he I, I really thought uh, you know the, this becomes a very interesting safety class in general, um, but uh, that you know takes one more guy out of the mix that the Browns could potentially use next year, and uh, you know it, it just seems like it's just a bad fit right now uh, for where the Browns are and what they need and and, and where he's sort of at. Unfortunately. And the other thing is, I don't know where an undersized safety fits into this mix. And, you know, look, obviously with Burnett, with Murray, obviously with Randall, um, you know, Whitehead has shown really well up until this point. Of course, you know, all that, you know, who knows what that really means until there's pads on and, you know, you know, as we say, buckle them up and put them in, that type of thing. Uh, then obviously you throw in Sheldrick Redwine, which puts you've already got five in at least the, you know, the camp and the preseason um, so where would exactly be the home for him, and would you have the time to actually you know, invest in him, you know, seeing as you're going to put a draft pick on him? Obviously, if it ends up going the UDFA route, you know, that's that's a different story, you know, altogether. Obviously, you, you know, you basically, you're playing with house money, so, I mean, if it turns out to be something, whatever. But So it, it's going to be interesting with that, and obviously for Jalen Thompson. And, you know, and this also brings up something, you know, every, most of the time the – supplemental draft it's very rare pete where it's a good story that the guy ended up in the supplemental draft there's usually you know something some chink in the armor and now here was a guy who was headed into what was going to look like potentially a nice senior year you know get drafted in 2020 and actually have a really impressive four-year college resume as opposed to all right let's scramble let's break out the washington state defensive tape Let's find some more out about this guy, and you know, almost like you're trying to find like, like your investigators in the crew. Guys, go dig. What the hell is going on here? And you know, did this guy fail a test? Whatever's going on, and you know, how the hell do you get popped for just possessing something? Yeah, I mean the 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 way the NFL supplemental draft has evolved has 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 gone from you know just basically. Uh, you know, a, a guy who who graduated college at a different time, uh, and there wasn't the declaration of guys so often in the you know the NFL draft. Like Bernie Kosar, obviously, is you know the ideal story for the NFL supplemental draft. Unfortunately, that's you know that's 1985. The, the NFL supplemental draft is not like that. That you have, you know, Terrell Pryor it came on the heels of a suspension. Uh, Josh Gordon, obviously, you know, basically got kicked out of multiple colleges and had nowhere else to, you know, had nowhere else to go at that point into the supplemental draft. You have, you know, uh, Jalen Thompson who, you know, finds out now, or, you know, at least it's reported now he's got no eligibility. So he missed the last, the actual NFL draft. And now he's in the supplemental draft. It's yeah, it's not, it's not a heartwarming tale of how some of these guys are ending up in these things. It's, it's usually a case of either getting caught, um, some squeeze thing by the NCAA because they did something wrong or, you know, they, they have an outdated rule or the player did something wrong. And it's basically, well, here, here we go. Let's see what, what, uh, what this guy can do quickly. And it occasionally can work out better for the player, but usually it doesn't. It, usually it's, you're basically getting a fraction of what you would have gotten, uh, in, in the actual draft with a real process as opposed to this. 
Um, the supplemental draft comes at an awkward time for players and teams, and it just becomes sort of difficult. Yeah, so, uh, you know, with Jalen Thompson, you know, we'll see how this, you know, plays on, you know, whether it's Brown-wise, whether it's league-wise. I mean, hell, we could have just spent this time on Jalen Thompson, and, you know, maybe he's part of the XFL in 2020. I mean, who knows? But, uh, you know, obviously he's going to come in here with a little bit of a ding. Um, The other thing is, obviously, you don't know anything. I mean, is is this a case where he had a bunch of slight infractions at Washington State, and they maybe just washed their hands of the situation altogether? So, obviously, it's going to be something to monitor. And, look, I mean, (laughs) if there's going to be bad stuff to come out, I'm certain somebody's going to find it here and they'll find it pretty quickly uh we'll get back to some more stuff here as uh you know pete gives you the news from the good folks over at blue chew so uh a friend of mine dave verhoetz got married to uh got married yesterday to uh his now uh so congrats to them on a completely unrelated note uh guys you know, when it comes to sex, it's all about bringing your A game and consistency, and 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 making sure that every every opportunity is 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 the best you have to offer. Uh, BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredient as Viagra and CLS, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast, uh, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. So this could apply to other newlyweds that uh, want to make sure they're always uh, always at their best. Uh, uh, but, it, you know, it's, again, winning the war against the machines. And, and, and I hope that, uh, you know, a coach I, I, I coached three years with is, is uh, able to make sure that he, he doesn't lose that battle and, and continues, continues to fight the good fight on that front. So Blue Chew, uh, uh, check him out, uh, whether your name is Dave Verhoetz or not. Um, do do what you can to uh, make sure that the 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 spouse and now newlywed is as happy as possible, so she continue taking care of you. Uh, <laughs> and obviously to Dave and his new bride, uh, congratulations! And the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. And as always, thanks to the good folks at Blue Chew for the sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Pete, in NFL news, I did want to sneak this one real quick. Um, and this is actually becoming. It's becoming a really, really sad story. Um, Jared Lorenzen, uh, former NFL quarterback, obviously Kentucky, you know, affectionately the hefty lefty. Uh, he's now in a hospital now. I mean, over 500 pounds, heart issues, uh, I think kidney issues. This has become really sad. And, Pete, you worry about stuff like this because it was a running joke for the three years he was in the NFL with the Giants. Oh, he's 285. Yeah, okay, he's 285. But, you know, obesity and maybe he kind of bought into the joke himself. And it's a serious issue in this country. And, you know, for a guy like him who was, you know, the butt of so many jokes, uh, I mean, way too young to be, you know, in this serious of bad health. And it just kind of sucks all around, hoping for the best for him. So there's a few things here. And, and, and you know, some of this is going to be completely speculation on my part. Uh, Jerry Lorenzen obviously has always been a larger guy. Uh, I think – you know, sort of at his athletic peak, he was about 265 to 70. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's been a battle for him. And he's been, this is a guy who was a, you know, a professional quarterback that was, you know, dealing with this. And, you know, he obviously goes to some semi-pro stuff and, and you know, he got some run for being so big uh, with whatever, you know, team he was on where with the, the weird neon green or whatever it was yeah. where he's moving around pretty well for a 300 pound dude and everybody's laugh 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 and that's fine you know i understand that but it, you know at some point you know guys transition from being a professional athlete to you know life after that and in this in this case you know jared lorenzen it, it has had to make the transition from you know professional or semi-professional or whatever quarterback to not being that anymore and and in some cases you 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 take a guy who obviously had some some issues anyway and you know in transitioning to that real regular life there are guys that have a really really difficult time with that and and it can be depression and anxiety and some of those things and this is one of the possible things that can happen with that you take a guy who had you know, a tendency to overeat these things and suddenly they're depressed potentially or, or dealing with some other issues as they're trying to make that move. 
and it can obviously snowball. And that may have been what happened here that, the, you know, suddenly he, for one thing, he's not working out, you know, trying to maintain being in shape. So, and then you compound these other things and all of a sudden it becomes very, it, it potentially very easy for somebody to gain, you know, a hundred pounds. And then, you know, that add that level of anxiety and depression with that, and it just keeps going and it becomes this, you know, this cycle and, and then you get to the bottom of it and suddenly you're 500 pounds and your body's failing around you. And and, and I hope the best for Jerry Lorenzo, but it, and I know this is an issue that the NFL and some of these leagues are dealing with is trying to help players make that transition from being a professional athlete and all the attention that comes with it and all these things to life after that, where suddenly everything stops and nobody's you know really checking on you in these things and and your life can get out of control very quickly and it can go to these bad places whether it's drugs it's you know the obesity or uh depression and, and suicide and some of these things and it's difficult and i know there, there are players uh that have like basically formed you know organizations and stuff to try to help these guys uh you know uh, this is a, a classic situation of you know, you know, the, the president, uh, I'm also a client type deal where it's basically players who ran into this and tried to reach out. And I think, um, guys like, uh, Ryan Leaf have been, you know, part of this group, these types of organizations where he's trying to do the same thing. Uh, he's had some uh, issues on this front, uh, obviously with, with painkillers and, and some stuff. Uh, Steve Marinovich, you know, these type of guys. And, and it, you know, some of these guys uh, fall through the cracks on this. And, and it seems like maybe that's the situation that has happened with um, Jared Lorenzen, unfortunately. And, and you know, it's, it's a bad situation that's obviously gotten so much worse. Yeah, and, you know, you just feel terrible for the guy, and especially when it, it comes from that and where it was like he was okay with it and, you know, okay, ha, 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 you know, I'm the brunt of the joke. And then, you know, there's no lights, there's no camera, there's no locker room. And like you said, you know, uh, you know, obviously you had habits that led you to where you were, and now that, you know, all of this has been taken away, you know, so to speak, uh, the ha- there's nothing but you and the bad habits, and he gets yourself in a really, really bad position. Hopefully it works out for him, and uh, look, anybody, it, there's not a body in the world that should have a mass of 500 pounds. Um, but, you know, talking about this and, you know, how some players can transition in and out, um, and then you go and you look at Rob Gronkowski right now, so I don't know if we can call him Gron- Gronk anymore, maybe Bobby or, you know, Little Rob, uh, I mean... He looks like he's headed off to, like, you know, Hawaii to go hang out with Mike Krupka and play some beach volleyball. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's As much as people were questioning whether or not it might be over for Gronk, I I think you take one look at him, and yeah, it looks like it's over. It's weird how small his arms are. Like, it's it's fascinating. Like, he looks uh, tiny. And that part of his body, like he's still got that big, thick trunk, but it's, that's the part that stands out so much is he's got, you know, he's a broad built guy with enormous shoulders and stuff. And then he's got these like weird little skinny arms coming out of him now, which is what stands out. But yeah, he's done. Uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, it's like Joe Thomas taking off that much weight. Uh, just, you know, with, with Gronkowski in particular, I imagine that has, that has, has to make an immense difference in terms of how much uh he feels like is on his back uh you know which is obviously exactly yeah well he's had so much so many surgeries on on these area of his body and i'm sure he's still uh i'm sure he's still some level of pain uh with that but i i have to imagine it's much less uh with this and hopefully he's able to do some things to 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 continue to make life uh better for him in in this life after football uh but yeah i mean somebody you don't want to be a guy who is uh you know in his case about 270 pounds uh carrying you know an extra 50 60 pounds on on knees that have been surgically repaired any number of times or a back that's been surgically but that like that has to be agony uh so you know and 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 some guys aren't able to make that that move to lose that much weight but the guys who are 
seemed to absolutely swear by it. I mean, you, you look at a guy like uh, uh, Jordan Gross seemed to be like, I think yep. one of the first first ones to do it. And he, he just could not say enough about how much better he felt, uh, you know, day to day uh, after, after football is over. And that, 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 that becomes a real transition. And obviously that's the opposite end of the spectrum uh, from, from a guy like Lorenzen, but the, you know, this is, Part of that support system that comes with life after football is is being able to get guys on a healthier path and 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 making sure they have uh, access to to treatment and stuff like this and and getting healthy and those types of things so that we have less uh, bad outcomes uh, from this game because there you know that the, there is definitely there are definitely ways to have a fruitful life after football like there's too much. Uh, you know, and, and for too many decades, unfortunately, where uh, there was like a, a sweet spot of about 30 years where it felt like if you played football, you, you know, you're basically uh, going to die very, very young. If you saw 45, it was a freaking miracle. Yeah, I mean, like it went from the very, very, very early NFL where guys, were, you know, lived to normal, you know, normal amounts of that. Like Judd Bednarik lived forever, for example. Uh you know, but then there's like the sweet spot where these bigger, faster, stronger guys and and the the lack of, you know, taking care of these guys in terms of their head trauma and stuff like that. Uh, but you're seeing now that they a much smarter, well-informed uh, player player organization is now able to uh, make the best of themselves. And I think you're seeing a lot more, you know, super success stories along that and and you know one of the older guys who's made a huge uh a huge transition in figuring some of these things out would be like uh earl campbell you know the tyler rose of texas yep. uh, went from being able un- almost un- basically unable to walk to to finding the right doctor to basically treat him and now he feels greater or jim harbaugh uh, you know, the assumption was, well, it's just CTE and, and this is what happens. In reality, it was like weird fluid pressure on his brain that was not like necessarily related. And he got that treated. Now he feels 100 percent better. So there are more active treatments and stuff for guys in life after football. And it's not just, well, life is going to suck the end. Uh, there are you know, being proactive and look seeking these things out. And, and obviously they need to do a better job of linking these two because not everybody has the ability to just like, you know, just run out and do these things, but finding ways to make sure that they have more great outcomes. So they, you know, you don't see so-and-so died at age 40 and it's more along the lines of, you know, so-and-so players enjoying life at 70, 75 or whatever. Uh, and, and it's, and the other thing is, you know, make sure this stuff is already available to everyone. Obviously, the guys who were just part of the league, whether it was a shorter time and not the most pronounced names, you know, and even still, if that requires the league to go check on these guys, go do that. Have some way where, you know, former players got to check in with the league twice, three times a year. And because, look, if something does go bad, and it'll always will, it'll always be, you know, former insert team here, whether the guy was a significant player or not, you know, you know, commit suicide, you know, kill somebody, you know, check in on these guys, make sure they're okay. Um, you know, but as, even as far as Gronk, I mean, you're talking, I mean, just a quick thumbnail. Um, obviously, we know his back was worked on before he got to the NFL. Elbow injuries, knee injuries, hip injuries, um, both shoulders, both elbows. These are all things he's been listed as, as injured in his time with the New England Patriots, or even missed games over, and obviously concussions as well. Um, yeah, I mean, go that route. If you know it's over, you know, Jordan Grouse, jo- Jordan Gross, you know, Joe Thomas, drop the weight immediately. And it's not even like you're, re- you're not eating, because, I mean, we all see Joe Thomas. We all follow him uh, on Twitter. Joe's still eating, and eating really damn well. Just eating better and not eating to the point of having to keep himself and his body at you know, 305 to 315 pounds, because that's the bulk you know he needs to you know succeed at, you know at what was his position of left tackle. Um, Pete, we had laughed about this, but they actually did do it last night, and I, I the the 40 yard dash, and apparently Pete, the joke of this is they put it on pay per view and charge people 40 freaking dollars to people to, for people to run 40s. Um, but, uh, you know, looking over the names, and I did a couple days before, 
Um, and if you watch Marquise Goodwin, and look, good for him. If anybody's actually you know seen what he's gone through, I believe it's him and his wife have lost two children. Just absolutely freaking heartbreaking. Uh, you know, so you know anything good that happens for him, you know, you always like to see. But uh, Marquise Goodwin, you know, blew away the field. Pete wasn't even freaking close. Well, Marquise Goodwin was a guy who had legitimate track prospects. <laughs> like if he didn't go to the NFL, like he was a guy who could have gone could have gone into a track career. Um, I didn't. I for, I completely forgot this was a thing. Well, once you I, said forty dollars, well, once it came out that it was forty dollars on pay per view, I think a lot of people forgot it was a thing. Well, that, but I mean, like, I I came home uh, yesterday. I was at a our a fundraising golf outing. I, well, incidentally, shout out to uh, Doc, who's a big fan of the pod, who was there. Um, Wait, Pete plays golf. Is Pete any good at golf? Pete does not play golf. Pete drove around on the cart for six hours. And um, he made fun of a bunch of people. So, so you you took what you did here, but did it for six hours. I am straight up, I'm scared to golf because I'm scared I'll really enjoy it. Uh, and then I will, you know, it's basically like a drug habit, uh, which is really expensive, obviously, and not something I need or can really afford. Um, I, I But uh, part of me also thinks, and God knows with six hours on the course, I, I, I may never be, and I, I haven't done this, but I, I may never be more than a guy who would get a driver and smack some balls at the range uh, guy. But no, I am not a, a golf guy. Uh, but yeah, props to all the people who showed up to, you know, who went. They they had a fun time at uh, Boulder Creek. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it, it, I, I came home and at like nine o'clock and I saw this thing. <laughs> that basically, you know, it was taught, like it wasn't even like it was mentioned much, but I just saw a thing where so you know Marquise Goodwin had won, and that was basically it. Like I, I saw one brief tweet where somebody somebody had mentioned that somebody had beaten somebody in a round or something. So I wasn't clear on the format. I saw Marquise Goodwin had won, and I didn't care. Uh, I, I think the marketing for this was terrible. I'm amazed they got it off in the first place. And then I heard a rumor, and I don't know if this is true, that Ted Ginn wasn't even there. <laughs> I have no idea. So if Ted Ginn started all of this and then ignored the high school kids' request, and then I guess this is where it all kind of started, was supposed to be from Ted Ginn. I mean, yeesh. But, I mean, here's the other thing, though. Did anybody really believe 37-year-old Ted Ginn was going to win this freaking thing? And you know my stance on this. My stance on this was, why are these guys going to – because, look, you cannot turn competitive athletes off. Um, these guys will do the stupidest crap because they've been wired to compete their entire lives. And the last thing he wanted was an Achilles, uh, a severe hamstring pull, which is probably why Marquise Goodwin lapped the field because you know he's been training for this for damn near part of better part of twenty years. Yeah, I mean, short of Daryl Green showing up and smoking everybody at like sixty-five, um, and I'm not sure he couldn't still do it. it this was always going to be a young man's game. And for the most part, it, I think it was largely guys who have not really made a, a big name for themselves. And Marquise Goodwin, you know, has a decent contract, but I think he won this, and I think he won a million dollars for it. Um, so it was always going to be sort of those guys, you know, those fringe guys who had track prospects um, that that were going to win this thing. Uh, I think Robbie Anderson might have been in from the Jets, and I mean, if you want maybe a, a bigger name, I guess you would have that. I, but uh, you know. The whole thing. And he, he hasn't made anything in the NFL either at this point. And obviously, with his issues, he's basically uh, he's what, a, a, a guy at risk of not making anything in the NFL. Uh, so I, I get it from that sound. I, I, really, I mean, maybe that's the, the hook of the event if they want to try to do this again, is it's, you know, the, the younger guys who have, you know, straight up track backgrounds to do this. But then again, I don't know if you're really going to get. Um, many people to buy in. And certainly, I, I will be fascinated to see if pay per view made anything on this. I, I feel like this had they had to lose money. I mean, if they they could have put this on like some you know ESPN something uh, or whatever you know Fox Sports Two or something to to get it on TV just so people would tune in you know, just because it's sort of an event. But nobody. Or I, I can't imagine. I certainly wasn't somebody who's going to be like forty dollars. I barely had any interest in this on its face. So I, I will be curious if they ever try to do this again and, and, and how, where it goes and if it evolves into something or if they'll try to make it a little more difficult. I, I 
to me, the 40 was is dumb uh, for this. I feel like if you're going to do this, it's got to be 100. But again, it's still going to be track guys anyway, but at least it's a longer race. A 40 is really short. And it's so much dependent on the start. Well, and that was even the thing, though. They, they didn't do it out of three-point stances. They're doing it from standing stances, so obviously that's going to benefit anybody who played the wide receiver position because they're so used to it. Any defensive back in there, you know, was going to hurt them a little bit. And but even still, though, if it was a hundred, nobody would have committed to it. So they had to find some way. But yeah, whatever. Just wash that one away, whatever. You know, and there ain't, if they made a million dollars in pay per views, I will be effing stunned, absolutely uh, freaking stunned. We're going to get back here to, uh, you know, a couple more things, uh, with Pete and I, uh, iTunes rating reviews guys. Um, look, this is the time where things are about to start picking up, obviously, you know, with, with podcasting, with any football writing, obviously Pete's work over at Brown's Maven. Um, so please, you know, keep helping everybody, you know, tell us, uh, you know, let everybody know the appreciation of the work that Pete and I are doing, obviously, whether it's here or obviously Pete's stuff over at Brown's Maven, uh, it's, it, 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 you know, we're going to need a second bandwagon. It's already getting, that large as far as you know people who were casually interested in the browns and obviously all you browns fans who have waited so long to be this excited in july about cleveland browns football obviously you know enjoy the all-star festivities and all that's going to go along with that and obviously the team's starting to pick up the play a little bit there um how the mets were able to send two guys to the all-star game i have no freaking idea but congratulations jeff mcneil pete alonzo it's pretty much the only reason any mets fans are watching right now but itunes rating reviews uh go ahead uh you know drop a written review over drop a five star um you know you guys helping us with the promotion of our work just helps it grow and obviously you know we, we've never been ones to shy away from putting in the work so we appreciate you guys for all that Pete, PFF is, uh, and as far as the Browns coverage, it's it's been pretty big lately. And uh, I'll go to this one first before we get to the roster one. And look, guys, don't worry about any of this stuff right now. Who cares? D- whatever. You know, if you agree with it, you don't agree with it. Look, I mean, you all know what you think. So, you know, let that just settle and, you know, be positive because you have every right to be. Um, and this is one we kind of talked about, Pete, is when we keep talking about the Browns defense and obviously you know, the additions they made. Olivier Vernon, you know, is one that keeps getting swept under the rug, and it's the things he can do. I mean, you know, obviously he can line up on either side, but, you know, as far as him being underrated, you know, I I do believe, yeah, this is something that is very, very underrated, the player and him coming here. Right. Uh, I, again, I think Odell Beckham obviously is is the story, and I think Sheldon Richardson gets more... um, I don't know about credit, but it's getting more attention. Uh, it feels like Olivier Vernon is sort of the also ran of this, which is fascinating because he's really, really good. And he was really, really good against top line competition in the NFC East the past several years. Um, there are concerns about injuries, but he he's missed like eight games in like two, the past two years, which I understand is, is a concern. But overall, he's been very, very good. Um, but also with that, though, and, and this is what I go to sometimes, I mean, there's times where it could have been the Giants staff saying, look, there, there's nothing going on here today. You know, it, it, there's a difference, you know, playing week 15 in a game that matters and maybe you're 65 70%, and the training staff saying, look, you know, if you can go out there, give them 20, 25 reps, that's fine. But if it's a game that doesn't freaking matter, it's it's kind of hard to get a training staff to sign off putting the guy on the field. And I still think Olivier Verne is going to absolutely feast because one of the things he does so well is he's very good at setting up opponents uh, to opposing offensive tackles and stuff to not be sure where their quarterback is, and he basically gets set up. And if if a quarterback gets flushed to his side by Miles Garrett, which is something that's likely to happen quite a bit. He's very good at cleaning up those plays, and you know he may may not be nearly as impactful as Garrett on the whole. Even though you know by PFF standards they're basically even, um, but he may benefit substantially just by Miles Garrett essentially flushing guys to his side, and he's so good at sort of setting that up and and, and taking advantage that he may get a ton of sacks uh, comparatively. Uh, and just just by virtue of the fact that he's sort of the guy who takes advantage of the easy, the easier play that you know those plays you have to be able to make, and he doesn't. And that was obviously 
a criticism with Emmanuel Agua is he would get uh, he would get stuck on blocks too much and, and couldn't disengage. So he had a tough time taking advantage of some of those things. And I think Jannard Avery uh, was better in that, but neither of them compared to what Vernon does in that aspect of the game. So I am fascinated to watch how this plays out. Obviously, they're they're having them swap sides a bit, which is going to be interesting. But even so, I, I just don't think people are ready for how good Olivier Vernon is. He may catch them by surprise um, with what he's able to sort of do. And it, and it really is a one-two punch as opposed to Miles Garrett and other guys. Well, the thing is, is it's probably Olivier Vernon is probably going to start off extremely well because, you know, the focus is going to be obviously on the two on the interior on miles. Um, and the thing with Olivier is, you know, yes, he's a tad bit undersized. I mean, not so much weight wise, but I mean, he's, you know, he's under six foot three, but he's very good at, you know, shifting. So if the tackle thinks he's going outside, you know, Olivier plans very well can cut into the inside. Um, like you said, if it's Olivier versus any tackle in the NFL, and it's basically just a sprint, you know, to chase a, you know a quarterback down. You know, Olivier is going to beat the offensive lineman from getting his hands on him or you know getting that cleanup block. Um, that's where he comes in. Um, there'll be times, obviously, where he's going to go over. You know, obviously to the left tackle side because he can do so many things with Miles. And you know, obviously, you're still going to want to get Jannard Avery into this mix. So yeah, I, I do believe it when they say that it, it's being undervalued and stuff like that. But I think most people on a whole realize and understand. You know, uh, obviously, the type of play player Olivier Vernon is. Um, you know, we'll see w- what happens contract-wise here is, you know, him and Odell, not much, you know, guaranteed money left on the table here and things of that nature. So maybe it's time those things are going to get addressed. But, uh, you know, obviously we talked how much you know, we would have loved to have Gerald McCoy. But, y- y- you know, make no mistakes, there there is a bunch of talent with that, uh, obviously, the defensive line group as it, you know, is currently constructed. Uh, Pete, the other one here, and I've seen you've gotten a ton of this, and, you know, with a, a quiet weekend here, I, I just... Just, just resting, guys, and I see a bunch of it, and I'm thinking, and a couple of times I've typed stuff out, and I'm like, mm, just not, not dealing with this. Um, PFF, I guess Pete has the Browns roster at 18th overall. Um, we've there are some significant holes. I mean, look, we talk about this offensive line right now. Um, you're going to take a hit there. We do not know who the right guard is. We think we know who the right guard could be, or it could be, you know, a 1A or a 1B, either one of these two guys. Um, we're not positive, obviously, on, you know, the right tackle. You brought in somebody who's very, very similar. Um, the linebacking core, you know, you're talking about Joe Schobert. You're talking about a guy in Christian Kirksey who essentially had a lost season and is now only a year older. Um, you have no idea what you're going to get there. You still don't know what this team brings at the strong safety position. So, you know, a, I don't really freaking care, but obviously it's a talking point. But B, there's there's some holes here. Yes, they're not huge gaping holes at huge. It's not like, you know, it's not like last year. I mean, at least we know who the left tackle is right now. That's something better. But And there are some positives. But just because you're so great at wide receiver and you're so dynamic at some other spots, it's not going to cover up the fact that you do have some deficiencies and some holes currently. Right. Um the Browns are very bad at certain spots, and the Browns are counting on their stars to sort of carry them through. And offensive tackle is a really good example. Uh, the offensive tackle play uh, improved substantially when Baker Mayfield went in. He knows how to manipulate the pocket and do those things. That does not, however, make them any really, you know, make them markedly better. You know, we are hoping to get through this year with Greg Robinson and Chris Hubbard. Uh, we are not. You know, I, I'm, you know, again, uh, unrealistically perhaps optimistic about Greg Robinson this season. I think he will play relatively well, but based on last season, he was very average at best. Uh, Chris Hubbard, average at best. Um, those are not good players necessarily. And strong safety is a dumpster fire. Like, I, I understand Team, we the Browns are very you know at least saying the right things about being excited about Jermaine Whitehead and um, certainly I hope he takes a step forward but I think like PFF has him like as fifty something um, you know that's not good Morgan Burnett not good these are real issues uh, the, and and if you get basically anywhere on this team at depth outside of like receiver corner running back you're sitting there going oh like defensive tackle. 
the, you know, Larry Okunjobi is a nice player. Uh, Sheldon Richardson is a good player. Uh, behind them is three guys named Steve. Um, Harry, Dick, and Tom. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and this is another part of the issue is I, I love Larry Ogunjobi. I love David Njoku. I love what I've seen from Antonio Callaway. Um, but none of them are proven players to the point. I'm very excited about what, what they What if they're see. at their maxes currently? Yes. Yeah, well, that, but I mean, it's like even if they're, even if they're a step to come, they have not put together a fully great season. And that's reflected in these grades. They're sort of waiting for them to really hit. I mean, Njoku had a really great second half of the year. SPFF was the fir- will be the first one to tell you. Uh, uh, Larry Ogunjobi had a fantastic first month of the year and then got worn down and was less effective. Antonio Calloway was a rookie who came on in the second, this last six weeks of last year. But those other weeks still count. So, you know, when you come down to the average, you end up there. So on that standpoint, I think, the Browns have a ton of room to sort of vault up these rankings if guys deliver. If, if Austin Corbett wins the job and is good, that's going to be, you know, noted. If Greedy Williams is good, who hasn't played yet, that's going to be noted. Um, the other part is, and I tried to make this point today, if you take Baker Mayfield off of the Browns, you put him on the Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the, uh, you know, Buffalo the Baltimore Bills. Ravens, Buffalo, you know, any of these teams uh, where they have some, some talent on their rosters, but they don't have a quarterback. Are we having effectively the same conversation? I think Jacksonville is like a championship contender at that point. Like they are a Super Bowl contender. Tennessee is without a doubt. Tennessee is a very good team at that point. Um, so that's part of it, and and this is you know, and and PFF is in in part giving the Browns a ton of credit in that all their stars are in super important spots. Starting with Baker Mayfield, he's great, and he's a quarterback. That's what you want. You know, Baltimore made the playoffs last year without a quarterback. Effectively, Lamar Jackson is what he is, and not uh, like Joe Flacco was doing anything before he t- Lamar took over anyway. Right. Um, Miles Garrett is obviously a, a star. Olivier Vernon is a star. Odell Beckham is a star. Joe Schobert has a chance to be a star. These are guys in really important spots. Denzel it's, Ward, another. Yeah, Denzel Ward at corner. They're like, you're not sitting there going, well, the Browns have this phenomenal fullback. And this is, uh, you know, like some of these teams Peyton have Hillary. really great. <laughs> Yeah, some of these teams it seems have really good players at sort of those ancillary spots where you're not sitting there going super excited about it, um, and, and and their depth is better and, and sort of on balance it makes them a better football team. Um, but that again, that does not make the Browns bad. That all of this having been said, I still think the Browns are are in a great spot to win the division, and because of those superstar type players or those guys who are on the cusp of it. That's a big reason for it. Like you're acknowledging that these guys are good enough to carry a lot of the weight and take you forward. Like we talk about Miles Garrett, you can sort of afford to miss him for a game review, but if that dude's out for the season, it's a mess. Like it's a bad deal. If Baker Mayfield goes down for the year, we're potentially picking in the top ten again. And, and Pack it you, up. You, you talk about like that compared to the New England Patriots. Well, they've proven, and, and you can argue whether this this roster can do it, but they've proven they can get through some games without Tom Brady. They actually got to the playoffs with Matt Castle, of all people, in place of Tom Brady. Like, the Browns aren't in a position... They found to a way, you know, Gronk, who, you know, obviously as short as his career was, a Hall of Famer. There were plenty of times where, well, that's it. All right, okay, we'll just we'll, we'll just go, all right, we'll just go to uh, game plan B. All right, and we flip it over, you know, 60 pages. All right, we'll take the Gronk element out of it. All right, now we're going to... Feature the slot receivers. Now we're going to feature, you know, the pass receiving running backs. You know, we can always find. We've shown we can adapt. Nobody else has shown that they can do that. Right, and you know, the, the Browns got Olivier Vernon. They gave up Kevin Zeitler. The Browns got Odell Beckham. They gave up Jabril Peppers. Like, granted, Jabril, Jabril Peppers is not on the level of Odell Beckham, but you are giving up a talented player to get a talented player. So it's not like just a simple ad. It's a little bit of. You know, you're basically staying. You're staying largely in the same spot, but you're 
your impact players are now at more impactful positions. In this case, you know, an elite wide receiver makes a ton of difference. Another, you know, a very high-end pass rusher makes a more difference than a right guard does. Um, so that the other, the last part of this is all of this says the Browns can make a huge leap forward if guys like Ogunjobi and and Schobert puts together, you know, a career season and and uh, Callaway and Najoku are consistent for the whole year. Those things are going to go up, but. You know, heading into 2020, we're looking at a team where we're hopefully going to upgrade at least one safety position, uh, potentially upgrade both tackle positions. And if that happens, then your roster is going to naturally get a lot better. Like there, there's no getting around the fact that the Browns have some areas they wish they could improve upon. And I, 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 and and had the Browns not made the moves for Olivier Vernon and Odell Beckham, I think there have been a yes, they can make the playoffs, and yes, they could be a really good football team that competes for the division. But there was a sense that there was still a growing element that had to happen with this. And you can't sort of forget that uh, part of this, even though they've sort of upped their schedule by adding Beckham and Vernon. No, and here's the thing, though. But, I mean, you look at it now, you know, obviously you knew Baker could win you games. You know Odell Beckham Jr. can win you games. You know this backfield come even with Duke Johnson. You know that's constructed. Or when Kareem Hunt comes back, you know this backfield can win you games. Obviously, uh, you know the pass rush. You know, there, there's going to be there should be weeks where it's a six seven sack week from that defensive line. Um, so you do make some sacrifices. Obviously, Jabril Peppers, Kevin Zeitler in those cases. But you you know you surround yourself with playmakers and guys who can truly dominate a game and you know, obviously you list the names and that's what you're looking to do yes you still have to fill in role players and yes you know hopefully you know uh, Austin Corbett you know takes over this right guard you know takes over this right guard job and says to everybody screw you back off it's mine at the end of the discussion um, you know, obviously, you you hope Christian Kirksey bounces back just because he is that good of a guy, um, which may lead, lead to a career outside of Cleveland. But he's a really good guy. He's really community community oriented, and when everything's right with him, he's a pretty good linebacker. You want to see that come back. You kind of need that to come back. Um, you're going to need to figure out how you're going to get some play out of a second safety, even a third safety. Um, so it, you know, we'll have to see how that all flows along as well. But you know. For where your roster's ranked in, you know, obviously, which is, you know, late June when the piece was written, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, either, you know, either it's going to, if they were in the top 10, everybody would have come up and said, oh, that's too high. And all the Browns fans would have gotten upset about that with them being put at 18. They're still not happy with that. Guys, just let it be. It's, you know, if this is supposed to go the way it's going to go, none of this stuff now and these rankings and any of this stuff, it's not going to matter. This team will be, you know. Should be okay. Um, before we start, you know, obviously getting Pete's work here. Pete, here's a good tweet, and I actually just kind of like this. I am not really sure who Madison Gisetto is, attorney something. Goodfellas, Pete, or Casino? Which movie? Uh, between those two, I will take Goodfellas. I'd say, you know, I, I agree. Uh, obviously, it's got the longer standing, of course, but um, and also, obviously, there is somewhat of the true story, you know, somewhat to Goodfellas. Um, but I'd say, you know, to say it's good fellas and it's a landslide, I think Casino is better than some folks give it credit for, um, because there actually was a story to be told there too. Obviously though, but good fellas, a little bit more, uh, you know, real life to it. Uh, Pete Brown's Maven, what's in the hopper? Uh, continuing to to pump out videos and uh, you know, the last couple of days, obviously taking advantage of the the news ferry. Uh, dumping dumping some stuff on us, but yeah, it'll, uh, any day that that doesn't happen, it'll probably be largely uh, player focused stuff. Uh, I've got at least one of those on the hopper. I need to figure out more of those uh, as as we make our march to. I mean, uh, as of, you know, <laughs> after today, we will have made it to July, so we're basically about just a hair over three weeks away from from training camp. So we're 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 progressing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and you're looking forward to it, and it's you know. It's just, you know, now it's, you know, just kind of biting by the days. And, uh, you know, football, you know, and as always, you know, like we try to tell you, this time you anything you hear is usually bad. Um, so, you know, hopefully it remains quiet to this point here. Pete, have we missed anything? I don't think so. Uh, I think we're square. Um, it's been, you know, obviously this is not a 
you know, because of the NBA free agency stuff, this is, tends to be a, a very quiet news day for the NFL anyway. Which is, Which is nice. Right. I mean, the, 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 if, take if, a day off. if there's news today, it would not be good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, it's a Sunday anyway, so there's not a lot to happen. But certainly NBA free agency Sunday is not a day where they're, they're likely to announce something. So, I mean, they're um, also not stupid enough to, you know, compete with essentially is Adrian Wojnarowski on a day like today. Right. So... You know, th- that means nobody has gotten arrested, which certainly for the Browns, that is, that is the goal. Um, everybody makes it to camp without any any uh, legal or other issues. and, and No we'll, electronic we'll be- bracelets. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's always good stuff. And, and again, we, we've talked about this. It really does seem like the Browns are doing everything they can to keep their rookies occupied. Yep. Uh, they... they uh, uh, what, what was it? This past Wednesday or something? They they had them go up to Cedar Point uh, or something yep. like that. Go ride some rides. Go meet the community. Sign some autographs. Oh, they are. Uh, they really do seem to be trying as best they can to uh, clog up their schedule as much as humanly possible, uh, which is interesting. Uh, idle t- idle. What does idle time usually lead to? It usually right, leads no, to mean, bad decisions. Idle hands of the devil's playground. Um, Sure. I, I, it's just interesting. You know, that was something we sort of suspected. And, and the further we get through this, it, it does seem to be happening. But at some point, obviously, some of these guys are going home because, like we, we talked about, Greg Williams at some point is planning to take his daughter to uh, to uh, Disney World uh, before he, he goes to camp and obviously wants to spend some time with her. I don't, you know, I don't obviously she can be here uh, and all those things. I don't know what her status is, but some of these guys obviously have some some things to tie up and, and, you know, potentially moving spouses or whatever up here. Uh, you know, like Sione, Sione Takitaki is obviously married, uh, for, for an example. So you, you do have some of those guys who have those real-life moves to make, but uh, it does seem like they uh, are, are doing as much as they can to just casually glide uh, these guys into, into, uh, into, uh, into training camp. Um, and it's not like they drafted a bunch of risky, you know, dudes. It's just, I, I, you know, trying to get guys who suddenly have access to money they didn't normally have. Uh, can yeah, I mean, don't don't grab all your boys and go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of that. There's some of that. There's obviously, you know, you know, you, you buy a bunch of expensive jewelry or something. You know, this makes it a little bit more difficult to do some of those things. So hopefully, uh, you know, they're essentially too busy to spend their money and they can save it and those things. And this gives them sort of a free way to do that, which uh, I suppose is, is good. So it's, it's an interesting thing to do. Uh, it's just something that you and I have noticed and it's sort of curious to see if that continues to be the case. If, uh, they have some more stuff for them to do. Uh, it's certainly an easy way for their, you know, their website stuff to trickle out some content and some quick videos and things like that. Uh, but yeah, smart, smart move on their part. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the rookies yesterday, but uh, I know Richard Higgins. Uh, you know, our guy Richard Higgins had his little bowling event yesterday. Um, I know Kareem Hunt was there. I know Duke was there, which is you, you like to see. Um, you know, obviously, you know. Oh, whoa! I'm sorry. Who was there? Duke and Kareem Hunt went to the bowling event yesterday, yes? Oh, wait a minute. That can't be. That's, no, absolutely not. Those are guys who hate hate each other, hate football now because they're on the same. Stop. No, absolutely not. I refuse to believe that Duke Johnson, who, who may or may not be always happy with his job all of the time, would have possibly done something with with teammates and the devil himself in, in for contrived by a lot of Browns fans uh, a cream hunt. That's that that doesn't sound like the Duke Johnson I've been led to believe exists. Yeah, well, I mean, if you go and you check in, you know, you do a little researching. Yes, uh, you know, they showed up, and obviously, you know, I was teasing Rashard during the day. I said it'd be a shame if it wasn't a red carpet. I don't think there was a red carpet, but apparently, the shirts involved. We're red, so, you know, Rashard went with that. Um, but, look, it's it's good to see. And, obviously, in, uh, Baker actually gets married a week from today, um, which will be out in California. I don't know how that's working out with a honeymoon. And then, you know, obviously maybe, you know, uh, some workouts before camp, you know, obviously before everybody starts coming back for training camp. Um, but, obviously, folks are going to be a part of that. You know, uh, I'm sure, you know, good majority of teammates will be at that. And, actually, who are we kidding? That'll probably be an NFL's who's who is Baker's wedding. Well, the well, I I don't know about the guest list or any of that stuff, but I'm curious if there's somehow gonna somebody's gonna finagle their way into uh, getting a video of that, or if it's he's gonna make that, or, or I, I should say the wife in that case essentially makes it uh, a 
friends and family only event, no media involved. I, I expect there's a lot of people trying to uh, f- finagle their way into that, whether it's the Browns themselves or the NFL or, you know, the TMZ style websites that are trying to get in there uh, and, and get, make, make money off that. Yes, because, you know, I mean, I'm all for, uh, you know, that post that's going to come out, you know, a week from a week from today at about 11 o'clock showing, you know, Baker, you know, with a bottle of champagne in his hand. He can't be trusted because, you know, the guy's swigging from a bottle of champagne at his wedding day with his bride, you know, because that's that's where we're at now. And it'll maybe it'll appear uh, into a nice column that starts with, hey, hey, and you guys can all fill in the blank on that one. Um, uh, we'll put a bow on this one here. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, Pete, like you said, you got consistent work coming out for you guys, you know, daily over, uh, at Browns Maven on Twitter, brownsmaven.com. Obviously check this stuff out right there. Um, you can always follow, you know, make sure you're always following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself, uh, at locked on Browns, all, all lowercase. Oh, we always keep it a follow back account. Um, getting a lot of feedback here now and just getting, you know, like I mentioned the story the other day, you know, one guy actually enjoyed the show. And then one day, you know, we had talked about, you know, Pete and, that's where he coaches at. And, you know, some folks get a kick out of that and start to understand, you know, just a little bit, you know, about normal day life, you know, things that me and Pete talk about in the show or whether through, you know, social media. Um, so, you know, always appreciate any and all feedback, guys. You know, I, I, I try to take the time to answer it. I mean, if you guys are going to put the effort in to listen, the least I could do is, you know, to you know put through the effort to, you know, get back to you guys on stuff you send over there. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, throw a follow over there. Um, again, you know, I, uh, ratings, reviews, whether it's iTunes, you know, whether it's Himalaya, Spotify, um, you know, Google play wherever you listen please you know, make sure you're uh, you know rating reviewing you know dropping some stuff over there uh, you know we're trying to do the best we can here to give you guys some solid content um, day in day out and it did take a couple days off here as many know uh, my mother-in-law had been with us for a while while she you know went through her you know cancer battle uh, things have progressed uh, you know she has gotten very much better actually took herself and packed up and went home the other day um, so adjusting to life again as a family of four which is nice, um, you know, so, but just you know, a lot of changes in the, like I keep saying, the, the amount of time to take off is going to be less and less as this goes on, um, especially if this continues to go like we think it's going to, which obviously we're, we're all, all looking forward to. With that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.